This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Christopher Hassel is a youth soccer coach from Washington. On Twitter, he describes himself as a supporter of promotion relegation, and he says that he is slowly working on acquiring his coaching licenses and certifications. One of the things that he doesn't mention in his Twitter bio is that he is a 343 member, and he keeps a very close eye on things when he's watching other coaches coaching, which leads me to the topic of this particular episode. Chris submitted a question to Gary during one of his Ask Me Anything sessions on Twitter, and it revolved around coaches overcomplicating things. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode of this podcast, go to 343coaching.com and just track back to that episode. And Gary and I actually recorded our thoughts and just our reactions to Chris's observation and question. And Chris was noticing that players were struggling to grasp what coaches were trying to teach, and he wasn't sure why this was happening. So, like I said, Gary and I shared our thoughts on that topic in the last episode, but I felt like we could still do more to answer Chris's question. So, I reached out to Chris directly, and I asked if he would be down to have a longer discussion with me. So, what you are about to hear in this episode is that longer discussion with Chris, who asked a great but difficult question to answer. And we didn't limit ourselves to just that one topic. We actually bounced around and talked about a bunch of different things relevant in American soccer today. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. And if you are interested in more high-quality coaching education that focuses on possession-based soccer and more material that can help streamline your personal coaching development by reducing your own trial and error time, please visit 343coaching.com. That is where we offer our free and our premium programs that utilize real training and match footage, audio lessons, and eBooks to help you learn the proven 343 methodology. You can accelerate your learning further by engaging with other coaches in the exclusive members-only forums. If you're an ambitious coach, this is the program for you. So once again, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. All right. I hope that you enjoy this discussion with 343 member Chris Verhassel. Hey, John. Hey, Chris. What's going on? Not much. Just sitting outside enjoying the sunny weather in the state of Washington right now. Nice. Uh, I I frequently forget that it gets hot as hell up in Washington. You know what? Yes, it does. I mean, but you have to understand that it can be hot now and raining this afternoon. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, where Where in Washington are you at? Um, I live in a city. Uh, it's called Bonnie Lake. It's um. It's a little bit, it's north of Tacoma. It's a real small town, about 20,000 people. So, um, and, uh, and I work at Boeing in uh, Tukwila, right across the street from the Museum of Flight. Gotcha. So, so you're, you're, you're not too far away from what people would consider like a Washington soccer hotbed then. That's correct. Like uh, Washington Premier, the big, um, that one of the big clubs is uh, located in Puyallup. 
Um, you interviewed, uh, I think it was Joe Campos from Eagle Claw yep. uh, Soccer. He's up in Tukwila at um, Starfire Sports. And then there you've got Pac Norwest. Yeah, we've got a couple of big clubs and a ton of, of small clubs as well. And just, uh, just uh, a very vibrant soccer market. Like the, the greater Seattle area is a very, very, very vibrant soccer culture. And so oh, abs- absolutely. So where, where, uh, where do you fit into all of it? Where, wh- uh, what where are you coaching or are you just a parent or what's going on? I, I do the trifecta. I'm a referee, I'm a coach and I'm a parent. Ah, okay. So, so I do all three. Um, I coach in a, a girls, uh, Oh three team, uh, with the Mount Rainier, uh, football club. Um, the, it's the white team. Um, I've been with them for about three years. I'm not, I'm more of an assistant coach. I'm like the constant. They've had a, a lot of coaching turnover. So I've been the constant constant in their lives to kind of keep the team together. Um, and then I have a daughter who plays on a, the, an 04 team for the Mount Rainier football club. And that's where I'm on a, a, a parent. And then on weekends where I'm not either coaching or, um, or watching, I, I try to uh, pick up and uh, ref as many games as I can. It's exciting. Yeah, that's a whole different animal. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to enter my first uh, collegiate season as a referee. So, um, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, my, my brain has been in that mode for, for quite a while, training for that and, and getting getting as prepared for that as possible. But um, refereeing, man, that is a different beast. And, and I don't, I honestly don't even want to talk about that with you because there's so many other things that oh, we no, to talk I, about. <laughs> you know what? That, that's fine. That's fine. I will, though, after we get done chatting, I'm going to shoot you a picture of an AR that I took this past weekend when we were down in Portland for a soccer tournament. It oh. just infuriated me. <laughs> I, I was just like, how can this kid be out here right now? Yep. And I was just like, oh, so... Yep. So, and it's one of those things, but as I, when I was in parent mode, so, you know, I have to dial it back and, yep. you know, just, just be the, the, the parent. So, yep. and my wife says I've, I'm getting better at, 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 uh, at not coaching and being a parent when I'm on in the parent side. So it's, it's hard to it's turn it off. Nice. It's, uh, it is, oh yeah, it's very, you're, you're correct. It's very difficult. Yeah. I don't, I don't have kids, but, um, but just even even just watching a a game on TV or uh, anything like that, it's hard to turn off coach like my coaching brain. Then it's hard to turn off my referee brain. It's hard to turn off my fan brain and just enjoy a game or, or watch it from just one angle because I'm you know I'm constantly thinking about it from from all angles. So it's it's super hard to turn off anything like that. And then I can only imagine what it would be like for a parent that's watching their their own kid in the, in the game. It's like oh well, that's a you know uh, infinitely harder level to turn off. So. Yeah, that that and and then it's it's because I have that coaching background. I'm actually saying the things that uh, the the team coach wants me to say. So he, he actually brought that up over the weekend when we were having like a little team uh, get together. He's like, I appreciate the comments that you parents are making on the sidelines, the encouraging ones, and of course all the players look at me and I'm like, I'm what? And he's like, No, Chris is saying the things I need him to say to you. You know, take your space you know, less touches, uh, close it down, you know, hold off the ball. It was, it's just, you know, I'm not, it's, it's, I try to be encouraging that way. And, you know, always applauding both sides of the play too. So. Yeah. 
What do you uh, What do you do at Boeing? Um, I work for the. Uh, it's a It's a new program. It's there where it's an airplane development program. I can't really go into much detail about that. Um, I work on the business operations side of it, so I kind of coordinate a lot of things. Um, I, I uh, a little bit of background. It's about the same job I did. I, I'm retired Navy. Um, I did 20 years in the Navy. Um, got out and uh, moved up here to Washington to be closer to all my family and my wife's family. And I'm basically doing the same job that I was doing in the Navy that I, I do with Boeing. So, got so, it. and that's a little bit about my back. There's a little bit about my coaching background from being in the Navy too. So it's a different experience, you know, coaching what is military youth sports and then transitioning over into club soccer, rec soccer. It was whole, <laughs> the doors. I, I am still mind boggled by it sometimes. So, so yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, um, what I can kind of, I'll give uh, give people some perspective, I guess, on, on why we're talking. So you had um, submitted a question to Gary about um, – uh, it was a coaching question, and then you sent me a little bit more clarification in a personal message. Gary and I actually talked about it. We recorded some of our thoughts. I can't remember if we actually released them or not because we, we had – him and I, that same day, we recorded some other stuff that – um, that could not be released. So I don't know if I ever clipped that out and released it. Um, but, uh, but anyways, we have that recorded somewhere. So maybe someday that'll get released, but your, okay. your, your, your question, um, kind of revolved around the idea of why do coaches or, or do coaches overcomplicate things? Why don't coaches just make it more simple? And so when you said that you worked for Boeing, I'm like, okay, well, here's this very, very, very complex company. Um, that also does things very, in my opinion, very simply. And um, you gave an example to me and a message to me uh, about about Apple and about how uh, I think that you said the book was called Insanely Simple, the, obs- the Obsession That Drives Apple's Success and just how simple uh, Apple is, but also how complex they are. And so this topic of, of being simple or overcomplicated things is very, very interesting. So I just wanted to get you on the phone and, and talk about it and see if we can kind of um, peel back a couple layers to this and, and give people something interesting to listen to. Oh, definitely. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the other books that Gary actually shared with me a few years ago was uh, The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And how how simple all of his Apple keynotes have uh, or historically were, and how simple the Apple keynotes hi- historically are still to this day, and just that that simplicity of their presentation is also a good representation of their company as well. Even though they're producing these products that you know underneath the hood of an iPhone, there's all kinds of moving parts, right? But when you pick it up, it just looks so simple, and it even goes as far as when you when you pull the product out of the box, like just the unboxing experience is very, very simple compared to buying anything else at Best Buy where you, you need like a knife and pliers to get it out of the box. Um, so, so just the simplicity is is very, very important uh, and is ingrained into the culture at, at Apple. So, um, and, and it, it all, it is also ingrained in the culture of, uh, top footballing clubs as well and top footballing, um, coaches, so when you look at uh, a Barcelona training session from from Pep Guardiola's era, where you know that's one of the most influential uh, eras 
in, in, in soccer history. It was very, very simple. And the things that Pep was doing was very, very simple. And everything just replicated the game. Everything was game-like. And it all revolved around how he wanted the game to be played. That's very, very simple. Johan Cruyff, same ideas. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a very simple, simple, simple sport. Uh, and, and he has like a famous quote. I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. But he's like, football is a very simple game. It's the people that complicate it. Something along those lines. Um, so... Yeah, you uh, you observed some very complicated things. It sounds like, and it and it sounds like you started to ask yourself why. So I wanted to maybe get your get your story about what prompted that thought in your head and and what you were witnessing and and what thoughts that ultimately uh, that uh, spawned from that. So tell me a little bit about what was on your mind when you were asking those questions and sending us those thoughts. Well, you know, I, I like like. Like you mentioned, I'm I'm up here in in Washington, and it's it, the, in the area that I am is is a, is a very um, it's a hotbed of soccer. I mean, there's lots of massive clubs, and there's lots of smaller clubs. And what I like is I have the opportunity sometimes that on my way home from work, I can stop at, at Starfire and I can watch uh, Pac Northwest um, hold training. I can watch Eagle Claw hold training, and then. Um, I, I can also, when I go to my team training sessions, there are times, there are a few minutes of downtime where we're transitioning to the next, uh, the next phase of our training session that I can look around and look at um, what other coaches are doing or how they've set up. And there are times where it's like I can kind of see the setup that they're, or what they, they, they want to accomplish. But at the same time, the way they, they start running it, because I, I may listen and I get distracted and it's, it's complicated. And, you know, depending on the age group, um, if you're trying to put forth four ideas in, let's say, 06s and 07s, they're not going to even get, if you're not helping explain that, um, that first idea, don't even try to go to the other three that you want to do because they've got to grasp that first idea at least 90, 95% before you can even start going to the second idea. Um, the girls I coach are, 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 are absolutely awesome. And to be able to watch them grow the, the last couple of years is, is, you know, it's mind boggling to see them because I started when they were still eighth graders and now most of them are starting to get their driver's licenses. So it's like, Oh my gosh. But I learned very quickly that, you know, depending on the, it, it, we go to this soccer IQ, if their soccer IQ isn't, you know, strong you have to dial back a training session to make it so they understand the principles and the topics that you're trying to cover um the new coach they had this year um i kind of explained that to him when he took over and his first training session was really complicated and he immediately noticed it too so he dialed it back um i've i've also had the opportunity to coach rec soccer up here as well um kind of um, as a, as a side, um, gig, just because I love to get out there with kids and teach them the game of soccer. And the first question I always ask at the first uh, training session is who has never played soccer before. And if more than 25% raise their hand, then I automatically think in the back of my head, I've got to keep things simple, the first training session and build it from there. Um, because when you see kids, when, when you have coaches that are stuck, you know, they let them play for like 15 seconds then you hear freeze and they're stopping and they're explaining and then they play for another 15 seconds. I don't see a benefit there because they're trying to start it. But when you're stopping them so quickly, you're not letting, you know, 
letting um, letting them play. Isn't that what U.S. soccer wants us to do in practice? Is let them play. And so I kind of when I'm when I'm in charge of a of a, of a certain part of the training session, I'll actually let them play for a minute, minute and a half, and I'll make sure they're at speed. And then I'll when there's a good break, like the ball's out of play or or something really, I really have to stop it. I'll stop um, and I'll rewind it a little bit. And then I'll say, look, these are some of the things I noticed. And, um, and then I'll, I, I may point out specific players. I'll point out some good stuff. I'll point out some bad stuff. But at the same time, I just, I just want to make sure that they're getting the point. Because if you're constantly stopping them, they're, and th- it doesn't allow them to realize if the mistakes they may be making. I mean, if you, if you point it out while they're playing, hey, next time look this way but they keep playing the next time they get the ball they may actually listen to you but if you freeze them rewind them and then have them play the right way i don't think um that that helps in any way because in a game you can't say hey can you stop and give me the ball back so i can make uh the right pass this time so that's just the way i look at it and when i when i draw up i have a a folder in my in my bag because i i take i commute i have little simple training sessions on, you know, passing ball movement, defense, um, some shooting. And, um, I just try to keep it simple. And the way I test it is I have two daughters and I show it to them. And I said, if I gave this to you, would you understand what we are doing? And my oldest daughter says, yes, my youngest daughter, um, she's still kind of gaining experience with her, her soccer IQ because she'd been out of the game for so long, but is now getting back into it. Um, she says, I can kind of see it, but then she'll ask questions. So I kind of will even make it more simpler than my, my youngest daughter. Man, you're, you're sparking a bunch of thoughts as you were, as you were talking, I was writing down yeah. some stuff and, <laughs> and um, you mentioned, uh, I think it was, not you, but you mentioned uh, maybe a, a coach that was on the field for his first time with this training session. And he recognized that it's not working. I think a lot of coaches have a problem with recognizing that it's not working, and they're so dead set in their in their practice plan that um, you know that they they found online or they found in a coaching course or or whatever you know wherever they found it or wherever they came up with it, right? But they're so dead set on on what they wrote down on paper that they're, they're not able to recognize that it's actually not working with their team. And so they don't, they don't see, um, what is actually happening. And this is where video comes into play and where I feel like a lot of coaches are at a massive disadvantage. If they have never recorded themselves coaching or never heard themselves coaching, um, have never watched their training sessions from a bird's eye view to see what is actually happening where things are working or where things are actually breaking down. And, and we tend to, or we don't tend to, we can only see what we, what we can see. And if our eyes are looking to the left and we don't see what happened on the right, okay. You know, we never know that that's the breakdown. Um, but yeah, so many coaches just don't have that awareness of, of, Hey, this is not working. Hey, this is the reason that it's not working. And this is what needs to change in order to make it work. And sometimes it's, it's throwing all of that out the window. Um, other times it can be something that's a very simple tweak, but we, as coaches, uh, youth coaches, specifically guys that are doing this guys and girls that are doing this part-time, we don't have, um, 
yeah, we just we, we just don't have that in our uh, in our arsenal. We don't have that at, at our disposal. That exp- I guess that tons of experience at our disposal to help us with that awareness. I don't know the right way to describe that, but that's kind of what my what my pen started to write when when you were talking about that. And the last thing that I wrote down right there was video helps. So if you have the ability as a coach to record video somehow, if you have an injured player, they can hold an iPhone. If you have a parent that's sitting on the sideline, if you have the ability to be in a stadium like a high school stadium and to get a camera at the top uh, of the stadium looking down on your training session even if it's something as simple as recording your voice and just having your phone in your hand as you're coaching and listening back to your coaching points and and then then trying to under or trying to decide did what i say even make sense to me let alone my my 10 11 12 13 year old uh, players just just recording the audio is is very very helpful for, so using those tools in order to uh, to decide or help you decipher if uh, if this is too complicated or if it's working or not working I think is massively important um, and I know that people that listen to this podcast um, religiously they've heard me talk about this before but it, it's something that I, I love I love I love to stress and I love to talk about because that would be very eye-opening, I think, for a lot of coaches who think that they're doing something right, when in reality, they're probably doing something wrong. Oh, absolutely. Um, let me give you an example. Um, a couple years ago, because um, when, when we have a high school girl season up here, um, I don't, the, you know, we don't play club soccer because they're, uh, they're all playing their high school ball. So I um, decided to, to help out the club because they needed a coach. So I was coaching like the little 4v4 kids, um, which is, you know, I think every um, select uh, premier soccer coach needs to do sometimes just to get back, you know, just some, if they need motivation or something, go and play, go coach those little kids because it just, it's so heartwarming when you see them starting to enjoy the game and, uh, and, and picking up the, and being able to teach them stuff and the skills and, you know, help build their soccer IQ. But we were at a game and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm coaching my kids along and the coach, the opposing team coach lost it. He's like, I don't believe you guys can't figure out how to kick the ball. And we practice that all week at training, da, 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 da. And he sat down on his bench and I think he started crying. And I'm like, dude, they're, they're, they're little kids. Four v four. We're not playing uh, for a World Cup or 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 the Premier League title. It's okay. You know, I walked over to him. I just asked him if he was okay. But I'm like, it's. I think he tried to overcomplicate it, and especially at that those little kids. You know, four v four. It's it. You just gotta start with the basics. Get their touches down. Get their passing down. Don't worry about how they kick the ball in, or you know, are they are they you know, are, are there passes with pace or, you know, you know, is someone dropping back? It's just make sure that they can find their, their teammate. That's the number one thing. Find your teammate, pass the ball to them. So, but it's, it's when you see these coaches have their breakdowns and, uh, and because in a game it doesn't go right, then obviously you weren't doing something in your training session. that was right. So I don't know how many times I'd show up to the practice with the, my uh the the little the little ones and i would have something set up and within the first five minutes i knew i was like okay i'm not gonna be able to do anything (laughs) hey we're just gonna i'd have eight players we're just gonna play 4v4 for an hour and 
the parents loved it because by the time they were done, you know, yeah, I, I was giving coaching point as we played and stuff, but it was more fun for them just to play 4v4 than it was to, all right, let's set up, let's do some cone passing, let's do some 1v1. They got more out of just doing the 4v4 than anything I could have planned, you know, hours before. So I don't know how many times I crumpled up my, my sheets and just threw it away and said, just play 4v4. So... Yeah. And, and that, so, and but uh, another that, thing um, that came to mind when I first got your message about coaches that tend to overcomplicate things and the 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 need and kind of like the beauty and the simplicity of of everything when it comes to when it comes to coaching is that a lot of times coaches are still trying to figure out how they want their teams to play and they're and they're figuring that out on the fly and they haven't. They haven't invested the the time or the energy into really, really dialing in their philosophy, their own personal philosophy, and how they want to uh, how, how they want to see the game be played. And and so that's a that's a starting point that a lot of coaches just skip right over because you you mean you you can't stop the practices from coming your way. They're going to be there on Tuesday and Thursday, whether you're ready for it or not. Um, Oh, absolutely. And, and so a lot of coaches just get thrown into it and then they never come back to where they really should be starting, which is how do I want my teams to play? And and taking that that moment or that time to uh, to really figure out and decipher how I want my teams to build up, how I want my teams to transition to attack, how I want my teams to attack, okay? We lost the ball. How do I want my teams to press? How do I want my teams to defend as a group? Um, and, and then the cycle starts again, right? So not yeah. having not having those clear those clear examples or those clear ideas of how you want your team to play in all those moments leads to coaches just randomly selecting things and, and picking things out. Hey, I remember when I did this when I was a kid, and I remember seeing this uh, exercise at the convention, and this was a cool YouTube video. And so then that's that's kind of what becomes this um, makeshift methodology for for coaches and none of it is cohesive and so that leads that that leads to a big 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 um mess of just confusion and complication and and things like that and um that's where things uh that's where simplicity goes out the window and and nothing becomes simple at that point but if you're able to have um some type of like north star in all those different areas for example, right? Like, uh, I want my team to build up out of the back like Barcelona did under Pep Guardiola. Uh, Pep Guardiola. Perfect. Okay, there's your there's your north star for how you want to build up, right? I want my teams yeah. to counterattack like Real Madrid. Perfect. You know, I want my teams to defend like uh, when we lose the ball to defend like uh, Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid. Perfect. You know, you kind of have these ideas of how everything's gonna gonna play out, and then you can kind of tie everything together. But if you don't even have those little those little starting points, and, and everything's just a big uh, jumbled mess, things are gonna be very very complicated. You you can't provide any clear direction to the players. You have no clear direction as a coach. Uh, you can't give anything to the parents. And what you see ultimately at practice and and on the games is just this big mess. So that was one of the things that, that did come to mind when I first got your message and, and I wanted to make sure I got that out and, and oh, yeah. the universe. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think being simple is, uh, is, um, uh, probably the, the best way to, to help one with, you know, building your team identity and two, um, 
because you have to, the way I think of things sometimes is sometimes you have to plan whatever training session you want to do. You have to plan that around your, your weakest player. Because if you try to do something so uh, really complicated, that, that, that weak player is going to be the, the, the bump in the road. So you kind of have to, to, to plan it around them. And so that way they're learning, but at the same time, you have to keep it engaging enough for your more skilled player and your, your players that have a better soccer IQ. So they're not so disengaged so that you've got to find the balance um, and, and such. And some, you know, sometimes it may, might be where as I, if I'm the coach and I'm, I'm with my, my, uh, my team of eight, four, uh, eight uh, small kids, um, I may spend the whole training session as a, standing to next to the weakest player, just talking to him, helping, making sure, you know, who's never played soccer in his life or maybe, you know, isn't the best skilled, you know, just giving him that encouragement and, uh, and, and helping them come along. Um, I think one of the best instant, uh, best feelings I ever had was after practice one day, one of the players came up to me and said, Hey, do you mind if I take a soccer ball home tonight? And I'm like, sure. Why? He's like, I just want to practice more at home. You know what? Here you go. And as a matter of fact, I, I gave, I, you know, I, I gave the team the soccer balls and I told the parents, I said, you need to make sure they bring them back to practices so we can actually practice. Let them touch the ball at home. You know, it's simple, easy stuff. And, uh, and that way, you know, and then you watch you as they come back throughout the, the rest of the year, they were getting progressively better, progressively better. Um, I think I lost two soccer balls the entire season because um, kids never brought them back. But I was just like, hey, and so that's what we do now. It's like, all right, we bring the balls to practice. We give the, all the girls their own soccer ball, and we're like, bring them to practice. You don't bring them to practice, you know, you're gonna make things difficult. So it's uh, it's really it's it's the best thing to do. So my daughter has like four soccer balls in her room right now from all the teams she's played on. <laughs> so so yeah. Yeah, what, what you but, just yeah. Uh, what you what you just spoke about about how to tailor your training sessions is is a really important topic too, and this goes back to the coaches having a clear understanding of what their or what what the level is that that, that they are working with, and so a lot of times coaches have an unrealistic expectation of what level they are coaching and what the level of their players really, really are and what their, what the purpose of that program that they are working in uh, really is. And so a lot of times coaches have this idea that they are coaching one percenters and one percenters. I mean like the elite level soccer players when really they're not. And they tend to, um, yeah, they, they, they tend to, alienate or I don't know I don't, I don't know the right way to, to, to describe it but they yeah they, they tend to make the bottom players in that in that roster feel like black sheep um, oh absolutely and and it, for for the wrong reason though because they're not they're not tailoring they're not they shouldn't be catering to you know these these players who they think are super super elite players because a lot of times those players are not. And, and yeah. coaches oh, are yeah. gonna are gonna hate to hear that, um, but I think coaches having a realistic understanding of where they are at on on the soccer food chain, uh, where their players are at on the soccer food chain is very very important. And we all want to think that we're coaching you know the next superstars. The majority of us are not, and and no. that and that that should that should um, not 
scare you away from wanting to, to coach or, uh, a certain style or from uh, expecting certain things from your team or from your players or your parents, your club, whatever. Um, but it should also keep you grounded in, in, in a sense. So um, we, we've always kind of said, yeah, you know, let's, let's focus on uh, the, the upper, upper end of your roster. And, you know, if you tailor things for the upper end, it'll, it'll bring, um, it'll, it'll, well, it'll push those people. It'll push those kids higher. And then ultimately should bring those lower players up as well. But if you cater towards the bottom, uh, it's only going to bring the upper players down. There's a lot to be said in there though. There's a lot of gray area in that. And there's a lot of like, what if this, or, um, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different situations that, that you can talk about. The biggest one for me is having a realistic expectation of what your job is for your specific group of players. And a lot of times you are not trying to produce pros. You are coaching recreational players and that is absolutely okay. And we should be okay with it. Oh, yeah. And that's where well, that's yeah. where the hiccup is, is that, you know, everything is labeled club soccer these days or competitive or DA or ECNL. And the major overwhelming majority of those players are, are recreational type players. And that is absolutely okay. And, and yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, uh, part of the, one of the, the actually, the, the, the only reason I ever got into coaching, because I'll tell you right now, I am. I played soccer growing up my entire life, um, but I was never the, the the best skilled player. I put a hundred percent passion into it. I had, you know, I did a great job, et cetera, et cetera. But I knew I was never going to be a superstar. So, you know, when I joined the Navy, I played like for teams from wherever duty station I was at, and then I got married and I had kids, and we signed up my my son for soccer. And being on a military base. Um, uh, it's like, okay, Hey, guess what? Um, we need coaches. And it's like, I'm like, you're, I was really hesitant, you know, cause I'd never coached before. And I'm thinking back to like growing up back in the, this eighties about, uh, you know, how we ran practices. I'm like, can I do that now? Mind you back in the eighties, everybody stood in lines <laughs> and you don't do that anymore. <laughs> but you know, I, I find, you know, it was like, all right, I'll coach. And then that's where, you know, it was like, if I didn't coach, my kid couldn't play or other kids couldn't play. And I didn't want to see that happen. So I stepped up and I coached. And this was, um, you know, um, this was back in, oh my gosh, probably 12 years ago um, and stuff. My son, my son just turned 21. So I'm trying to, it's like way back. And, uh, and so I got into it and then I started coaching my, my daughters uh, started playing and I started coaching their teams. And, uh, it was just all about making sure that they could have fun and they got the opportunity to play. And along the way, I saw some really great players and then I saw some really, okay, you're just out here. I think because your parents want you to, uh, to, uh, to play a sport, but, um, I was stationed on camp Pendleton, you know, down there in Oceanside, that was my last duty station. And I did the youth sports out there. And I'm going to tell you what those parents out there and some of those other coaches was win at all costs. And I always told my players, I'm like, look, I'm out here to teach you the game and to have fun. I could care less if you win or if you lose. As long as you're having fun or you had fun at the end of the game, that's all that matters to me. So um, that's been my philosophy. Anytime I do a, a rec team is like, hey, we're out here to have fun. I'm out here to teach you the game. I'm out here to, 
make sure you enjoy the game. You know, I know this isn't what you do 100% full time, but if you like it, come back next year and we'll keep going. Um, and then you have the other kids are like, you know what? I, soccer just wasn't in for me. I was like, Hey, cool. That's fine. You know, best of luck to whatever you do. You know, you might be an outstanding basketball player. So, or something else, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, my philosophy, if I'm, if I'm in the recreation level with the little kids, uh, it's all about, Hey, I don't care if you win or lose tie, let's just have fun. Let's make sure we get together and we, we have a blast. So, um, and I, re- I really hope some other coaches out there hear this and say, oh, you know what, that's the way we should be thinking. You know, I wouldn't wor- really worrying about unless again, I have their ECNL DA, unless they're like the top, 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 you know, winning is okay, but have fun and enjoy what you're doing. And then if you're not playing in the, at the ECNL and you think you can play up there, or what are you doing to better yourself to prove that you deserve a shot at that team? Yep. So I that, that's that. a whole different, that's a whole different beast right there of discussion. I, Cause the majority of the, the girls that I've had, we've been a B team. Um, you know, it's B, we're always the B team and they, they're like, we never get a fair shot with the A team. I said, well, what are you doing? besides what I'm teaching you to better yourself, to get, to have that 18 coach look at you and say, you know what? I want, I want that player on my team. So what's the answer? What, what, what are they normally uh, doing? <laughs> some of them don't, don't do anything out, out on their own. You know, they don't, they don't take a ball home for, they don't, they don't pull out the ball out of their bag and just sit in the living room. And, you know, or if they're sitting on a chair, just, you know, doing touches between their legs or, you know, um, I've been a big proponent right now of beast mode soccer. I love that guy. You know, I just stumbled onto him from YouTube videos and I was like, Holy crap, this guy's, he's got, he's spot on. And when you see players like Alex Morgan, um, and some of the other U S women's national team players going to him still and to work on their, their, their skills, I'm like, what does that tell you? They're trying to constantly improve. You have to constantly be trying to improve yourself. If you're just settling for the, the minimum, don't don't complain after tryouts that you didn't get a fair shot. So, yep. you know, I, I, I can talk you up all day, but I'm not going to because I know inside myself that you're not ready yet. You might be on the cusp, but you haven't done that extra to get over that, to get above the line. So, what so if, uh, that's... that's what, what, have been some of the, what have been some of the biggest influences on, on your... I guess on the way that you've seen the game or you see the game now, let me, let me start this all over. What have been some of the biggest influences on how you see the game now as a coach and as a parent? So what has kind of shaped the views that you have currently? Um, uh, as a, as a coach, um, I, I've seen, you know, I kind of, I'm a, I, when I, I, I grew up in uh, spending every summer in Germany because my mom's German. So I got to watch, play soccer over there a little bit and I got to watch their playing style. And then you come back to the United States and it's um, boot ball. It's been a majority of boot ball. And it, I watched the teams and I watched them possess it and I watched them build it up to, to, to the halfway, you know, build it up from the back. And um, I, I've kind of started going, okay, I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to, to build out from the back and maybe, you know, in the middle third of the field, um, then do a quick, a quick attack, you know, build up slow, but then snap it, you know, get the kind of defense on their laurels, um, 
settling in, oh, they're going to go slow, and then all of a sudden hit them with a quick attack. Because the, for the last couple of years, I've had my, my front three um, uh, had pace. So we could build it up slow. And then we they we could take the notice that okay hey they're they're kind of they're kind of you know their shape's coming undone a little bit because they're like okay you're taking forever and then you know make that run hit that that he'd say it long ball or that diagonal ball and we have one of our forwards running onto it and uh, we're getting a shot on goal so um, that's uh, that's what I like to see and as a parent um, I, I like to I like watching um, coaches build their play, their teams and their players. I mean, you build a team as a group, but you build a player, um, as an individual. Uh, my youngest daughter, uh, was out of soccer. I want to say for maybe six years. And then we went to a tournament with my older daughter down in, in, in Oregon. And we came back and she goes, dad, I want to play soccer again. Hmm. Okay. So I, what I did is I went to the club uh, that I was, I was, uh, that I, the MRC and I said, Hey, um, my daughter would like to, uh, to play soccer. Can we get her on, um, one of the rec teams for the, the fall? And they came back and said, unfortunately the rec teams are all filled, but our, one of our, um, our, the premier B teams needs players. And I'm like, Oh no. I was like, well, okay. So talked to my daughter said, look, we can, I'll take you out there. I know the coach, great guy. And, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. And, you know, for the first couple of practices, really hesitant, really rough on the ball and stuff. But she built up that first year. She, she you know, she went from the, the player who, who, uh, who was afraid to challenge that one-on-one for the fear of getting beat and, you know, maybe causing a goal or committing a foul that caused, uh, you know, being that player to, I don't care what happens on the field as long as it benefits the team, you know. And she's really grown into herself based on the what she's learned from her teammates and then the coaches she's had. So it's been really, really nice to see her develop as a player from a parent standpoint. And then when the coach comes to you in the hotel lobby and says, your daughter just played the most wonderful soccer this weekend that I've ever seen her play, <laughs> and he's been coaching her for two years, you're like – you know, suddenly chest up, yeah, that's my daughter. And I'm like, no, I, I it, actually, I go, no, that's all you. I said, you're the one that built her up like that. You're the one that gave her the confidence to the, to do more of those challenges, those one-on-ones to get the scolding from the referee for retaliation. Uh, so, um, and then at the same time, with, she has opportunity, like uh, she co- she'll come play on my team as a guest player. I've had her come play up a couple of times short on, on, and she's held her own with the older girls. So I'm like, wow, that's, you know, it just, it's, it's great to see her grow as a player. And at the same time as a parent, I tell you what, whenever we get into a car after the game, I just ask her how the game go and she'll tell me. And that's the end of the conversation. There isn't me turning on, putting on my coaching hat and said, well, you know, at this instant, I would have had you do this, this, this. Nope. That's not my job. It's just to say, I really appreciate what you did out there today. Great job. Um, you know, maybe you didn't get the result you wanted or, Hey, that was a good job on your win. And, uh, so I'm like, that's, that's how I kind of separate it between coaching and parenting. I think I answered that there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. 
and uh, and the cool thing about this conversation is that we went into this with like no no expectations at all. Like we just I, I kind of hit you up and said, hey, let's uh, let's jump on a phone call and, and just talk about some of the messages we've exchanged. And and uh, oh yeah, I, I want to do this more often with people because we obviously with the uh, with the three four three membership and and with the Q and A's that Gary does publicly um, every now and again, we we get we get quite a bit of questions from um from from coaches that are just eager and thirsty to talk about um to talk about yeah. soccer and youth development and and i need to just start calling up people and and just being like hey like let's just let's just chat and see what happens and and i enjoyed this man i think this was good oh absolutely per you know this is a great way to spend my lunch i get to be outside <laughs> um you know in the sun i if you're hearing airplane noises it's because SeaTac changed their arrival pattern so now all the planes are flowing flying over my head um, i got the blue angels uh taking off for practice flights here in a second. So it's just, it's, it's, it's been fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what, um, I, I just started three, four, three, but you know, dig it. I love it. I, you know, watching the videos and watching some of their training sessions, simplistic, they, that's where I'm saying, I'm like, he, there's one video where he's just passing the ball around the back, you know, just, and getting players to move. That's very simplistic because sometimes it's very hard if that hasn't been taught at a very young age, when you try to ingrain that in an older set of girls, it's very hard to understand, Hey, you need to move with the ball. Hey, is that coming back? You need to drop to give an angled pass or to get it to create space because they'll just stay stationary and they'll watch the ball or they'll come, they'll trap it and they'll pass it on. I'm like, why aren't you moving? You know? And it's just, it's, it's like, so one of those frustrations. A lot of times coaches try to try to start coaching step, you know, step five without coaching step one, two or three or four. And oh, yeah. they, they expect it to look like it looks like on TV. And they wonder why doesn't this look like it looks like on TV? I'm coaching step five, but they forget that they yeah. haven't, they haven't coached the very, very beginning of, of that whole sequence, which is a lot of times just how to receive the ball and how to pass the ball oh. and, and then layering on from there. But they, they try to jump to uh to more complicated steps and, and the players just, they don't have that foundation in them. So what, yeah, what, what you, what you mentioned about the simplicity is something that we've, the same feedback we've gotten from, from a lot of people. Um, David from beast mode, like you mentioned earlier, David, uh, ha, has said the same thing about our programs. Tom Beyer has mentioned the, the same thing about our programs. It's just the simplicity of it is, is very, is very instrumental. So, um, Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll tell you what, um, social media is just, it's, it's amazing the amount of content you can find out there, um, for coaching resources. Um, I know when I came up here and I went the world from military uh, youth soccer or youth sports into the real world, I was like, Oh, there's, Oh, there's courses you can take to, to help your coaching education. I didn't realize that. And, um, I remember the first co- class I took, um, I opened my eyes and then it's just social media. You know, my wife looks at my, my YouTube follow list. It's all soccer coaching stuff and some barbecuing stuff. And then Instagram's the same way. And Twitter's 90% of that too, is just, you know, seeing what coaches, their ideas and, Oh, you know what? I probably could use that for my session, but I'll, I'm going to tweak it a little bit because I don't think they can do some of the more advanced stuff I can use the, the, the basics. 
So I, I love being able to have that opportunity. And I've interacted with several people off the forums from the 343. Just, hey, how you're going to implement this. How, how, what's your plan? How do, you, how do you think you're going to start? And I'm like, I'm starting today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah, the the, so. the member forums are that's that's a whole other uh, you know that's a that's its own library uh, when it comes to resources because there's been so many conversations and so many um, so many so many things that have actually spawned um, you know actual friendships and, and working relationships outside of the membership where people are still you know very connected and and, and work together outside of the you know the three four three platform now um, but but that oh, yeah. the, the forums are just you know that that's a library of of question and answer sessions of sharing videos of how did you do this at your level? Can I do this over here with mine? Everything is there. And there's like six years worth of that now, which is amazing. And every time we get a new member, you know, we, we try to direct them to that because there, there's just so much information in there. And, and the same, a lot of people have the same questions. A lot how, how do I start? How, how do I do this? Am I doing this right? Um, and, yeah. and all that stuff is kind of answered in there and, and it's really awesome to see that. Yeah. I have a couple of, uh, of, of mentors from, uh, Mount Rainier that, uh, I've bounced ideas off of and, you know, and it's been really good because it's there. they never say, yeah, that'll work. They'll say, they'll ask me questions. How do you, how do you think, why do you think it's going to work? They, they make me really think about what I've drawn out, written out or thought of to do as a session. And, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Oh, I didn't think of that crap. And it's, it's, it, it's nice to have that, be able to bounce ideas off of them because I have found and, um, that there are some coaches out there who once they get higher up in the, the world of licensing, um, they will for, they stop, um, they won't share details or they won't talk to you or they won't, um, you know, be that same person. I mean, it's not prevalent in my club, but I know there's been times where we've played teams from other clubs and the coach is like, I'm a B licensed coach. And it's like, okay. So that means you're not going to shake my hand at the beginning <laughs> of the game. When I come over to talk to you, um, I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small time E license trying to figure out how to save enough of my refereeing money to pay for my next license. Yep. So, um, that's the way my wife tells me. She's like, the only way you get to more licenses is you ref more games. And I was like, okay. So, so yeah, but you know, and it's, I don't think a license doesn't make the coach. That's my opinion. No, so, not at all. No, there's a, yeah, there's, a I, there's a bunch of terrible so coaches. I have that stories have a, from a license. The, the one U S soccer license coach in class that I went to. And I felt it was a complete waste of my money and time. So I just say, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again, but at the same time, if I want to progress and become a better coach, or maybe one day when my kids are all graduated out of high school, maybe go and coach high school soccer, I know I need that license. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Uh, so. Where where can people find you if they want to connect with you and further the conversation or, or ask you questions about what we talked about? Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm at USN. R E T N W U S N R E T E W N W N W. So what does that mean? N W <laughs> uh, United States Navy retired Northwest. Ah, okay. I was like, yeah. So, and then, uh, email is that, that the U S N R E T N W at gmail.com. 
Okay. Brave man. And then I'm on link. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't care. I love talking to people. You know, as long as they don't sign me up for some spam or something, I'm okay. Um, and then you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want uh, networking. You know, I like LinkedIn as well. So, And then if anyone's ever up in the in the Pacific Northwest, I'm always happy to sit down and chat over a beer or two. All right. So, And that that's for you, John, if you ever come up here. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've been up there. Last time I was up there, man... 2015 maybe 2016 but i met up with uh okay. i got a chance to meet up with leave you bird at my uh at my hotel he came down um and had a had a couple beers with me that's that spawned a, a a friendship of ours and and i got a chance the year after or maybe two years after i got a chance to go sit on the sideline when um oh it's gonna kill me that i can't remember his team's name right now a little club from uh <laughs> Uh, from the island. What's the little island that's out there where they have the the club that makes the Open Cup run every year? Um, outside it's not of Bashon. Is it Bashon? No. Whitby? No. no. Oh, it's going to kill me. I'm going to remember to say hang up too. No. Oh, it's going to okay. kill me. Those are the only islands I can think of right now. Yeah. Or unless it's the San Juan Islands. That's the other the other big group of islands. This is so. going to bug me. I, I have to do it. Uh, I'm going to Google. Okay. I'm going to Google... Uh, see what happens when I bring this up let's see Kitsap oh yeah yeah Kitsap so, yeah uh, when Kitsap came down they they played Sacramento in in the Open Cup I got a chance to go sit on the sideline and then Kitsap ended up beating Sac Republic and Kitsap's like the equivalent of I think fourth they were equivalent of fourth division team then and Sac, Sac Republic yeah. had already submitted their bid to be in the next MLS franchise and so they, oh, wow. and they got waxed and it was amazing. So I got a chance to be on the sideline because of that. So, but yeah, that, that all spawned from my, uh, my first, uh, trip up to Seattle. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll hit can, you up if I ever make it up can, there. Oh yeah. You can hit so many different, you could go watch so many trainings, um, get the Starfire. You could pick up a Sounders training if they're in town. So, yeah. so that's, that's, that's really fun. We had actually last weekend, there was a soccer tournament in not this past weekend, but the one before called the Sounders cup. Um, and, uh, my daughter's team played on it and we were walking back to the car and the Sounders were training and she's like, do you mind if we watch? I was like, sure. doesn't bother me. <laughs> so cool. I'm like, you're the one who just got done playing a game and wanted to go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I was going home. I had to coach. So <laughs> I was like, it's all up to you. I'm just grabbing my bag of gear so I can go to the, go to the field so but she was like wow they they do the same things we do i said exactly you know that's so how simple it is that, that yeah so and we're gonna go watch the rain play here in september so oh that'll be cool it'll be fun yeah yeah so all right man well let's uh let's stay in touch if you ever have more questions let me know and we, we can jump on here and do this again or or we'll see you in the forums in the in the membership oh yeah if you want to talk refereeing or some other thing, um, <laughs> let me know. I'm more than happy. I'm going to send you that picture, though. Yeah, do it. Please do. All right. All right. Later, All right. brother. Nice talking to you, John. You too. Yep. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. 
If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review. And I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.